that's not bad though. I mean, that's you're we're in a van. I know. There's supposed to be some of that. You're listening to She Likes to Go Slow, our podcast where we encourage people to slow down and listen and get to know our friends and neighbors a little bit better. And today, we're joined by friend Chad Pollock. Hi, Chad. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good, and you? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a Sunday afternoon, and we're sneaking some beverages, some adult beverages, while we do this one. So uh, that's a fun way to do it. And we have Trooper in here. Yeah, our three-legged wonder mutt. So. He's beautiful, and he loves the van, and he would be so disappointed if he weren't here with you. Yeah, well, we have a van, too, as you know, so yeah. he uh, thinks we're just hanging out at home. And you have the water-cooled van, so I'm jealous. It goes better than mine. But with that comes more problems, so. Yeah. Simple. Okay. The idea of going slow, right? Right, right. But, I mean, you could go 80 and go camping in the summer where I'm less <laughs> likely, so someday. Yeah, and uh, we're sitting here in our driveway overlooking Bogus Basin. And all the birds we saw earlier, like vultures or seagulls, one of the two. Absolutely. What are big birds, whatever they were. It was circling like something was dead. It was a dead horse. <laughs> well, they were down by the ranch clubs. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, apologize if you hear ice tinkling, so. Oh, no, that's okay. If that's the only kind of tinkling, that's okay. I don't want to hear any other kind. So I want to start off with uh, you being, and I will put fanfare underneath this, the 2019 winner of the Chicken Off. Yeah, thank you. That's, um, yeah, that started. That was the 15th annual. Really? Yeah, and so we had a, I was... My parents were, my dad was a butcher, and so I was, um, I wouldn't say forced, but encouraged to be a good barbecuer from him. He gave me a lot of pointers, a lot of direction, mm-hmm. and we happened to be at a friend's house, and, you know, we were in our early 20s, mid-20s, and I was cooking food for a lot of our friends at the time, and uh, Tony cooked some teriyaki chicken. And everybody was like, oh, this is the best chicken I've ever had. Chad, you, I mean, I can't believe that you can't cook. Ch-. I was like, what are you guys talking about? I make you guys like 12 meals a year. You can't be talking about how good Tony's chicken is. And so uh, we we um, we we, we uh, basically uh, I asked him to a duel. And so my buddy Tim had just bought that house out by Shadow Valley Golf Course. And he needed to, to start uh, some yard work. So... We decided, well, let's just go out there for the day. We'll do some yard work, and then after we're done doing yard work, we'll cook chicken. People that are out there working will vote, and we'll figure out who has the best chicken. Mm-hmm. That was probably, oh, four or five people that cooked, and then we've had as many as 15 people cook and as few as uh, four or five. So, yeah, as you know it now, it's, a, it's a, a great party. We have had anywhere from oh eighty five to a hundred and twenty votes. So yeah. Yeah, and I've had people I'll tell them I can't do that because that's the chicken off. And they're like, What are you talking about? You look like it's a holiday. I'm like, it is. It's in my phone. It's on my calendar. Because I missed one once and I've never felt right about it since. Well it's always the first Saturday in October and that's the way that we mm-hmm. that's just the only way we can keep it consistent. So And it's awesome. So just so people know what are the rules? Like you show up and you cook from what time to what time and on so, site. So you show up anytime you want and you cook chicken on site. So uh Food gets served at 6.30 sharp, and um, we've had, I've started cooking the night before, Mm -hmm. and just, you know, because it was going to be a long process of wrapping chicken in wontons or whatever, Um, and so 
get there the night before and and cook chicken and leave it there for the night but it's the rules are that it's got to be cooked outdoors on a barbecue or something like that dutch oven um uh, camp chef and cooked on site and served at 6 30 and popular vote wins yeah and you were nervous because yours was running a little late this time but you still became the winner <laughs> yeah yeah it's the first time i haven't given everybody a bunch of uh crap about being ready at 6 30 i was like hearing you yell every two minutes i yeah i was like yeah, i'm gonna be quiet this time because <laughs> this isn't quite done yet and the hard thing is when your chicken's behind you just want to keep looking at it but you just got to keep the yeah. barbecue lid down you're like just don't look at it barbecues with glass lids you know they do um but they don't last for, well then all of a sudden they're once you get any flame in there mm-hmm. it covers the glass and it smokes it out so i actually have a barbecue that's got um lights on it little led lights mm-hmm. but they don't unless you just sit there and clean them with soft scrub yeah. after every barbecue it doesn't yes. work so can you share with people just real quick uh, some of the best chicken dishes you've had at the chicken house because you get to sample the other ones too don't you yes um so all the chicken that's there that's is pretty good uh, we get a lot of variations of like stuffed jalapenos with chicken um bacon always makes us a, a pretty close second to any mm-hmm. bacon dish um We've won with some, there's been people that have won with a lot of Dutch oven cooking. Uh, a lot of river guides uh, and rafters are there, go, and they, they bring the recipes that they've had over the years. Um, i got a buddy that is now uh, helping people do sheep hunts. So his most successful dishes from the year before usually come and make an appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've won with um, deep frying chicken and and like a buffalo chicken cheese ball Mm -hmm. so um when it had bacon on it of course (laughs) this year's was um basically just a drumstick with uh a bacon paste so i'd take (laughs) (laughs) brooke's brand new food processor (laughs) i took four pounds of bacon and ran it through the food processor and pureed it and then put it with uh paprika and some other spices Mm -hmm. and then just coated the chicken and it was I, it was a recipe that I'd seen on the internet, mm-hmm. and don't ever trust an internet recipe. I, you know, if they show it to you and fast forward, yeah. in 30 seconds later they have a beautiful piece of chicken. Yeah. So we tried it the Thursday before. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the the bacon paste isn't sticking to the chicken. Oh. Brooks like, just go with it. Let's cook it and see what happens. And and so anyway, it ends up kind of rendering down into all the the bacon grease anyway. Sure. So yeah. yeah. Was it good? I didn't even get it. I, I think I told you, I was perfectly honest with you. I dropped a piece of chicken on the concrete and I went ahead and ate it because I couldn't let it go to waste. I wouldn't even let the dogs go in by get it. Sorry, Trooper. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, so you usually get a prize, right? The $500 or something that you... Uh, a couple done. hundred bucks. Yeah. And then a buddy of ours usually paints a, a picture for us and we uh, win some trinkets, a bottle of anything chicken-oriented. So uh, what is it? Is it Suisa that's got mm-hmm. the chicken on it now? Mm-hmm. So... Had to pass a bottle of that around. Yeah. So and, and then the money gets donated back to the next year, right? Yep, absolutely. And uh, if anybody follows you on YouTube, they can typically see my wife singing. She does a song every year. Yes. And so uh, if you go on there, you can see her singing her. She takes a popular pop song 
and then writes unique lyrics to it for the chicken off. And she stresses out to the very end, but it's always phenomenal. This year, she was ahead of the game yeah, by like two did. days. That was crazy. Yeah, I'll post a link to the songs because they're great. And then there's that little engagement thing you did that one year. <laughs> the little engagement thing, yeah. Yeah, so I was lucky that we won that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's been 15 years. We're lucky enough to have won three times. I won uh, twice with Brooke and then once on my own this last time. Um, but anyway, I proposed to her in 2013, and it just worked out that we happened to win that year. And so, um, My secret dream would be that there would be some kind of a chicken off cookbook with recipes, and I don't know if that would ever happen if these things are really closely held. Uh, closely held is one thing, but they're a moving target. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I cooked a curry chicken that someone really liked one year, mm-hmm. and just make it again just for like five or six of us. I'm like, I don't even, two days later, I couldn't even tell you what I did to make oh, it yeah. taste like that. Sure. Now I'm a little bit better at writing things down and keeping notes in my phone like we all are um but yeah i'm like i, I it was awesome yeah. i'd love to do it again but yeah. i can't i can't remember how i got it there right. well i love the chicken off i can't wait for the next one and i'm really glad that you reached out to me and said hey i have a story to tell yeah um we've known each other for 13 years probably say, yeah. somewhere around there mm-hmm. um and one of the things it's not it's not anything that i hide necessarily but um as you know, I'm an architect, and I own a, uh, I'm a principal at a firm here in town. Um, but probably the unique thing about that is that uh, I have dyslexia and was uh, diagnosed with dyslexia in college. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and it's kind of a, it is a unique way to be diagnosed. So um, I'll just kind of jump straight on into it. Um, I, uh, it's in, it's a little embarrassing a little bit, but, <laughs> um, I was never a great student in school. Uh, didn't like to do work in school. Always never wanted to do homework, spaced off, was lucky enough to get to repeat the third grade twice because apparently I liked it so much the first time. <laughs> and through that, and as I learned later on in life that my, a few teachers in my elementary school had approached my mom about, we think that your son might have a learning disability. Um, my mom said, no, there's no way. He's just lazy. Uh, he's, you know, he's, I was young for my grade initially because mm-hmm. um, I was right. I'm born in August. So I was either going to be young or you're going to be old. Mm-hmm. And so I remember in third grade, my parents asking me, do you think that you, are doing I don't think I'm doing very good at all they asked do you want to take third grade again I actually said yes it's like yeah I I, I'm not I'm not where I need to be and I didn't necessarily know why I mean I was eight or whatever it is so that went through um I struggled through elementary school I struggled through junior high and I I did a little bit better in high school um but I had a chemistry teacher that uh, he came up to me one time and did you take chemistry in in high school? Yeah, a little bit. So you know that when you're writing out equations, mm-hmm. it's all postscript, subscripts, mm-hmm. yeah. and and so 
he says to me, Chad, um, I got to ask you a question. It's like, okay. And he pulled me aside. He says, um, you need to let me know about your dyslexia so I can help you through with your, with your, your tests. Mm-hmm. I said, and my face just turned beet red. It does a little bit now just talking about it. <laughs> Memories. Yeah. I said, I'm not dyslexic. There's no, 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 no. I've never been. He says, are you sure? He says, every you're, you write the equations out right, but sometimes your threes are backwards, and sometimes you put a postscript where there should be a subscript, and subscript where there should be postscript. And I said, no, 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 I'm fine. So that went on, and he was really polite, and I always got by with a 79.6. Wasn't quite really to give me a B, solid B, but with the roundup, I always made it through a B, and that was that was you know it was a hard class, but. I made it through, um, but I was not a stellar student. I graduated with a 2.5, very average, mm-hmm. <laughs> very average uh, school student. And but there was no question about whether I was going to go to college or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just that was it. Yeah. Um, I have a sister who's four and a half years older than me, five years in school, and. Um, so I was struggling to figure out what I wanted to do and what I wanted to study. And she came home during a break or for a summer, not sure which. And she said, well, you you like to uh, uh, look at the real estate magazine on Saturdays. I said, yeah. She says, I always look at you looking at the floor plans. I said, yeah, I like them. I think it's kind of cool. She says, well, let's sign you up for architecture. It's like, Okay you know, and that's, we have a great relationship. She's a amazing person. So, um, back then in the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, you know, we ordered the catalog, looked at the catalog, the course description. And I said to Caprice, my sister, I said, are you sure this is going to be okay? She says, well, why? I said, well, so like every class has the word art or architecture. There's an English class and a math class. And, but otherwise it's art or architecture. She says, well, yeah, mom and dad think it's fine. Well, she says, why? I said, well, every time I want to take an art class, they were like, nope, take chemistry. Hmm. It's like, well, I want to take another art class. Nope, pottery or something. No, you take physics instead. So Hmm. anyway, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I can take art classes and go to college and my classes don't start till 1130 on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) So. Anyway, uh, that was, uh, went to school uh, starting the spring of 91, went to the University of Idaho because they were the only one that has a accredited architectural program here in Idaho, and uh, got up there, joined fraternity, um, and that was a great experience because I went to school, I didn't know anybody up there. My best friends went to a different college. Mm-hmm. Most of my friends from high school were going different paths or staying down here, um, and so I was I was put into a uh, new experience with a whole group of new people. And it's not as bad as everybody makes it sound, but being a freshman in a fraternity isn't doesn't come without some stressful situations, and so. Uh, Oh, about three months into it, the guy that was in charge of our pledge educating to teach us about the history of our fraternity and, and 
study table. You know, they actually made you study from uh, Sunday through Thursday from 6 to 9. So, yeah, I mean, it was actually, it was not Animal House yeah. at all. <laughs> you know, they were serious about school. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you have to take tests, and uh, there's quizzes about the history of your fraternity and history of the University of Idaho and and whatever else would go on. And he pulled me aside one day, and he said, I want to talk to you. And I said, okay, what's going on? You know, am I not doing very well in these quizzes? He says, no, you're doing terrible. I said, okay. He says, I have a, uh, had an old roommate who was our previous president of the fraternity, and he was dyslexic. And I said, okay. And he says, well, I've shown him some of your, your, um, your, your test scores and your quizzes when we're putting a little pressure on you. Mm-hmm. And, and he thinks that you and I think that you might be dyslexic. And I started in with the face turns red. And I said, no, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, you know, I'm just under stress and blah, blah, blah. And he said, sweet. We can go pack up your stuff and you can move to the dorm. I mean, that's how, you know, they they, they were serious about grades. That was, you know, you were there to get an education. Sure, it's supposed to be fun and everything. But so here I was, I was 19 yeah, I was still 19 probably at that time. And they they sent me into the uh, psychology department and put me through a bunch of tests and to come back and find out that I was indeed dyslexic, which is something that wasn't a huge surprise to me. Um, and, and that, you know, that there was all of these great opportunities that the university had for you if to help take tests and help you you know, free tutoring and all this and all these other opportunities. And that was great. But for me, what was amazing and it was like a light bulb was that, okay, makes sense on why things aren't going swimmingly for me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it, it gave me permission to not be so hard on myself and, and learn and that I was, and I was just slow at learning how I learned. So I'm not like, um, I'm not like someone that can sit there and listen to a lecture and take great notes. And then because I'm trying to listen and I take really, I really terrible notes, um, because, uh, I'm working on trying to write stuff down. As I was telling you earlier, my spelling is atrocious and it's, not, um, not from, I probably could have studied harder or tried better, but I'm just not a great speller. So taking notes always lent me to trying to figure out how to get my notes without really listening to what was happening. And so at this point, I just, I was learning how to learn Mm -hmm. and that, that just came at that age for me. So I would sit in class and I would just listen. I wouldn't take a single note. Um, and I would start to hang out with the people that took good notes. Um, and we would start and I would, I would pay people for notes. I would, you know, Hey, look, 10 bucks. Can I, can I run a copy of your notes? Because if I read someone's notes, I could remember everything that anybody that the teacher had said. So if I was in a study group and people were like, well, I don't know what your notes mean here. I could be like, okay. Well, this is what the teacher said. This is what happened. But, but boy, um, 
if I had to read, if I had to take notes and then remember what someone said, it just didn't didn't go that way. So dyslexia is a different thing than it comes in all different forms. You know, it's not just the fact that I would write threes backwards or, you know, it's like, okay, two, two goes this way and a three goes that way. And, and I had some of that, but it was more of just a, you know, it's just more of a general learning disability or a brain miswired or however they wanted to describe it. But it was, um, you know, when I approached you about being on here, what I wanted to talk about was the fact that it wasn't, it was a hurdle, but it wasn't anything that ever would slow me down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause like when you talk about it, it seems like there's just a little bit of shame. Like when somebody's telling you that you have it and you're like, I guess I am. Well, great. So I'm 47 years old and I'm in a meeting last Friday that my business partner can't be in. And I'm taking notes for him, and I'm like, oh, I can't spell that word right. I don't know what this word's. You know, I'm like, okay. So I'll type, I'll type my notes out and email them to him, so that he doesn't have to try and mm-hmm. read through or figure out what my what my notes are like. Yeah. So it's just an obstacle. Everybody has obstacles in life, yeah. and that's one for me. You know, it was, um, and obstacles can be motivators mm-hmm. too, and uh, you know, to be to be the principal of a firm, a small architecture firm here in Boise, um, and be dyslexic, you know, I think that a lot of people would not have seen me as uh, that is something I could accomplish. Sure, maybe my personality, but certainly the schoolwork that I accomplished until I was maybe a uh, mid-sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't, you would not have thought that of me. And what I want to say is that you can move forward from things and that uh, it's not anything that you can't, there's a lot of things that you can't overcome, but there's a lot of things that you can. Mm-hmm. Timing is is where it works into, you know. It was just, I, my brain matured later. Um, took me longer how to learn how to learn than it did for other people. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Chad, thank you for reaching out and sharing your story with us about dyslexia. It was really great to hear from you. And I really appreciate you and Brooke and being a part of your tribe and getting to hang out with you guys. Well, we love you. And so thanks for hanging out with us. We consider you uh, one of the cool ones that, that are lucky enough to uh, get to spend some time with. You're listening to She Likes to Go Slow, a podcast that encourages people to slow down and listen. If you've got a story to tell, we love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on our Facebook page, She Likes to Go Slow, or send us an email at she likes to go slow at gmail.com.